Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? A little primetime primer, primetime event as Billy Napier moves Florida Gator football to primetime Thursday night, at least the spring game that is. Adding a couple extra players, a tradition done in terms of the way things used to be. I love what he's doing. I love how he's shaking it up. He's making the program his own. Now, there are a couple twerks and tweaks that aren't going over real well. Tough. We're going to go through that. Also, Meadows moved as the Rays move the, let's face it, 30 home run hitting outfielder for what? A minor league uh, shortstop, third baseman, second baseman, and what do they call these things now? Competitive balance pick in the draft. It's the Tigers' second round pick is what it essentially is. Or it's the Tigers' pick between the second and third round. So they got what the NFL calls compensatory picks. What the Rays did here doesn't make a lot of sense out of the gate, but it's going to long-term. We're going to look at that. And also Masters Mania. Tiger is going to play. Why, anybody that thinks you're going to capture what you got three years ago, you're wasting your time. You really are. You're, he's not going to do it again. He's not. Be lucky to make the cut. Guy's playing one of the tougher golf courses in America, and he's been hurt for over a year. Practice round, now he's going to go out and play 36 holes in 18 hours? Come on, just smart. Think about it. Think about it. Think how long it took him to get back from his last injuries. So we're going to look at that as well. Again, Harp on Sports, the bar, Twitter, Instagram at Harp on Sports, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, uh, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel. You can pick up the podcast, Spotify, Buzzsprout and Apple podcast. And also as always, Harp on Sports.com. Okay. We have an article up there as well. I'm going to get to that at the end of the podcast about who's due for number two. So let's do this first. Billy Napier moving the spring game, primetime Thursday night event. I, I love it. Spring games are boring. Spring games are dull. What are spring games? So a bunch of fans can sit around and go, well, look good, good, look good, man. The so-and-so looks good. Someone looks, so-and-so looks great. Every year it's the same stuff. Every year it's the same stuff. Boring. Those things are boring to me. Our, our first team's going to take on their second team and skull drag them. I covered one at Nebraska once, and the red team beat the white team like, 56 to nothing. I'll never forget that next Monday was insufferable. You know who looked good? You know who looked good? You know who's good? You know who looks solid? By the way, that Nebraska team, I think, went four and eight the next year. Oh, someone looks great. Someone looks great. Billy Napier trying to shake things up. So what's he doing? Well, he moves it to prime time, which I like. Because on Saturday, it's just going to get lost in the shuffle. It's just going to disappear. And the tough thing that fans have a tough time understanding is that doing this and rebranding this and rebuilding this, it's not about you. It, it, it's tough for fans to understand this. The spring game, he's trying to create excitement. He's trying to put it on t- primetime. Why? So recruits across America can watch it. Well, they can watch it on Saturday. No, they're not. 18 to 22 year olds aren't spending a Saturday at 2 p.m. watching a spring game. They're not. Thursday night, you bet. Hey, I want you to watch this Thursday night with your family. Hey, I want you to watch it 7 o'clock Thursday night with your family. That's a wheelhouse. This is designed for recruiting. Well, the stadium is going to be half empty. You think they're going to be doing blimp shots? They're trying to make it a primetime event. 
They're not trying to make it so you can drive up on Saturday and catch a game and watch the orange team skull drag the blue team or whatever. He's splitting up starters too. He's going to make it a competitive game. Good for him. He's going to make it interesting. He's going to make it enjoyable. He's going to make it consumable. How's it a bad thing? How is it? I always have this discussion with people too because I'm a mid-American conference guy, right? Went to Western Michigan. Well, Maction during the weeknights, and people will sit there and say, there's hardly anybody in the stands. Well, yeah, there, there isn't. And does that suck for the players at times? Yeah, I guess it does. But I see Thursday night major conferences, games take place, pack those. I see Thursday night Thanksgiving games, pack those. Well, it's different. They have the day off. I see Thursday night NFL games. Those are packed. I see things like that packed all the time. They do it to get eyeballs on the set. They do it to get eyeballs because here, here's the thing. And this is kind of one of those tough conversations you have to have with people that people watching on TV are more valuable than people watching in the stands. They are. They count for more ratings. If I have a ratings book or if I have a ratings box, a Nielsen box, I'm more important than 5,000 fans in your stands. Make more of an impact. That's why the TV contract, why do you think the SEC cuts a check to each school for $40 million a year now? This is a way for Billy Napier to get the Gators in primetime on a Thursday night in the middle of April. It's smart business. It just is, folks. And the competitive nature, splitting the teams up. So this team's practicing over here. This team's practicing over there. So they have no idea what to expect. He's trying to create a game-type atmosphere. It's funny how people want change, didn't like Dan Mullen, Florida, didn't like McIlwain at the end. Of course, didn't like Muschamp. Napier comes in, I'm going to change this, I'm going to change this. No, don't, that's not what I would do. That's why you're not in charge. Of course you wouldn't do that, because you don't know what you're doing. I love the move. Prime time is where it is. Spring game on a Saturday? What, tell me what a spring game does. Tell me, th- think about how selfish this is. Who does a spring game on Saturday benefit? Well, it benefits the players. No, it doesn't. If I can get you on prime time during the weeknight, I can get more recruits to watch it. Now, who does it benefit? Well, it, it benefits it's the, the fans getting you. You know who wants it on Saturday? The person that can't go on Thursday. It's selfish. It's selfish. Billy Napier could have been selfish and said, you know what? We're going to air, we're going to do this thing Saturday. We can put a boatload of people there. Um, because people will be excited to see the program. We'll give away a bunch of stuff. I can have the orange skull drag the blue or the blue skull drag the orange. Everybody will walk out of there going, yeah, yeah. But Billy Napier is not trying to Billy Napier is not trying to impress primordial soup. That's what I like about him. Nor's the bottom five percent. Good for Billy Napier. I like it. I like what he did. I like it a lot. All right. So from the prime time. Primer. I love what Billy Napier did moving the game to Thursday night. To a couple other big primetime events. Got the Masters going to get to that coming up. Uh, the Rays last year won the ALEs, get knocked off by the Red Sox in the wild card round. And, you know, I was sitting here thinking about this. Actually, it was in the division series, wasn't it? Um, they traded Austin Meadows. To the Tigers. Now, his brother plays for the Tigers. What do they get in return? I want to make sure I got this right. Isaac Paredes, who Paredes, who plays third, short, and second. 
He, he can play all three of those positions. Well, the Rays seem to have shortstop figured out, don't they? So what do I see here? And just looking at his numbers, through 72 games last year, Triple A, he had 11 home runs, stole 13 bases. So what does that tell me? Well, that tells me that what the Rays are banking on here is a 2020 guy. He's 23 years old. So what the Rays are doing is they're trading their 27-a-year home run outfielder, which they have too many outfielders anyway, and they can't re-sign them all. Now, Meadows is controlled for another year. So they didn't get a high-end, you know, surefire prospect, but what they got is a guy that they can take from short and move him to third. And a guy that can hit 20 home runs, still 20 bases. Looking at all the comps on this Paradis, Paradis, to make sure I pronounce that right. He's not him. But what I read on him, a lot of people think he reminds him of Xander Bogarts. Now, if he's Xander Bogarts, Xander Bogarts has hit 30 home runs, 30 RBI, you know, 30 stolen bases type of guy. He's almost a 30 guy. But it's a move. The Rays lose an outfielder. Now, this is a lot of this is an analytical move because Meadows was bad against what left-handed pitching. Meadows was his wins above replacement was six. Um, he struggled defensively. So what the Rays did is like, okay, we're we're going to give up some runs here, but we're going to add speed and we're going to add defense. And they can't sign all those guys. They let Meadows go because Kiermaier's got two years left. It's just what the Rays are. So. I mean, your heart and soul's at short, you know that. So you trade a guy that you only can control for two more years to a guy that's going to be a rookie for you, probably start at third base. And then on top of that, now, will the Tigers get more production out of Meadows this year than the Rays will get out of Paredes? Yes. But they also get with this balance control pick, or excuse me, competitive balance pick. <laughs> Baseball, their new rules. So it's the Tigers pick between the second and third round. So it's basically a compensatory second round pick. Is what the Rays also get. So the Rays get a compensatory second round pick and a guy that can give them, you know, 15 to 20 home runs at third base, stealing 20 bases. I, I see where it comes from. You bet. And they can control these guys for a couple more years. You bet. And I see where it comes from the Tigers. Tigers look around and go, we can have an outfield that can hit us 30 home runs. Let's do it. I get it. But the Rays always do things like this. Now, you know, Brandon Lau and, you know, pitching is still going to be the question mark for the Rays. They had strong pitching last year. But remember, it's like we need starting pitching. Well, you kind of do, but you need a stronger bullpen when the postseason rolls around. Starting pitching used to mean something. It doesn't. In the postseason, it really, really doesn't. And let's face it, guys that flip switches in the postseason, I mean, look what the Braves did. Switch flipped. Switch flipped. Timely hitting. Switch flipped. I mean, the Dodgers are a better baseball team top to bottom than the Braves. The Astros were a better baseball team top to bottom than the Braves. Didn't matter. Didn't matter, did it? So, again, I understand the Rays had to make a move. And, you know, if they had traded Kiermaier away, they probably could have gotten two top flight prospects. But he's kind of the heart, not the heart and soul of that team, but he's he's the cap. If, if the Rays were all captain, my captain, that would be the captain, right? But 
where they are franchise wise. It's not exactly the same thing that the Chiefs did with Tyree Kill, but it, it's it's kind of the it's not exactly the same because Tyree Kill is an extremely monstrous weapon. But it was a trade. It's like we got to move this guy. We can't afford him anymore. We really don't want to play this game next year. We got more value for him. The Tigers want to give us, you know, a guy that can hit 15 home runs for us, 20 home runs for us this year, play third base, steal us 20 bases as a rookie. Has a chance to be rookie of the year, and we can add a second-round compensatory pick next year. Let's do it. So I get, I get the logic behind what they did. And, you know, I'm going to do my baseball predictions coming up on our next podcast. I know the Blue Jays are loaded, and the Red Sox have made some moves. Okay, they've added some, some, some pop. Pitching still a question mark for them. The Yankees... Made some moves as well, but I still think this is the Rays' division until somebody takes it away from them. I do. They've won back-to-back AL Easts. Still think it's their division until someone takes it away from them. They just keep churning it out, churning it out. It's impressive what they do there. It really is. So we'll see how that plays out. But again, trying to make sense of the Meadows move, it makes sense when you think about, okay, we're going to take away a fourth outfielder, a platoon guy, um, but we... We're able then to permanently secure outfield. Now we still need to find some other guys, but they had four outfielders. They were short one infielder. It's a flip. Now the production is not going to be the same. It's just going to be different type of production. Going to add stronger defense. Going to get faster on the bases. Going to take away some power. So there you go. Uh, let's see here. Shifting gears again. The Masters. A tradition unlike any other. Uh, Masters mania. I love the golf tournament. You know, the lame debate is, which one would you want to win? No, 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 not doing that. Here's how I look at it. Anybody that thinks Tiger Woods is going to win this thing or be competitive on the weekend, you're crazy. I think if Tiger Woods can make the cut, it's a gigantic success. Gang, he got in a gigantic car wreck a year ago. We were wondering if he's ever going to play golf again. He's had, what, multiple back surgeries. Do I doubt the man in returning and succeeding? This weekend, yes. This weekend, yes. I think if Tiger Woods can some way, some shape, or form make the cut, it's a gigantic success. Do I want to see him win? Yes. Yes. But I, I think, gang, I, you remember what happened last time he was hurt? And how long it took him to come back. Surgery after surgery, how long it took him to come back. She was in the hospital with an automobile accident and knocked him out of golf for six months. Couldn't even swing a club. Couldn't grip a club. Couldn't. I, I think. Got some member berries going on here. I want to see him succeed. If he can make it to the weekend, it's a gigantic success. Uh, what do I think's at stake this weekend? You know. Is it Marikawa that won last year? And, oh, it's great. Fine. It's good for the country of Japan, and he's a cool champion. But to me, what does golf need? Well, there's a guy that, the guy that can benefit the most from this weekend is who? Rory McIlroy. This is the only one Rory hasn't won of the majors. He's still out there circling, wants to get another one. I get it. He hasn't won a major in about, what, six years now? I get it, I get it, I get it. To me, you know, Tiger aside, Tiger's on his own island. You need a DeChambeau 
don't you? Uh, you need DeChambeau and Kepka. I know the made-for-TV event didn't really do what it needed to do. I, I, it did, but it didn't. And the best thing for the Masters other than Tiger would be DeChambeau and Kepka duking it out on Sunday. That That's the best thing for golf. It is. How do you get that? Well, they're going to have to play out of their minds. Tiger lurking on Sunday would be fantastic. You know, if Tiger... If Tiger's four or five shots back on Sunday, that's that's a win. That's a gigantic win. If you can be within five shots on Sunday when the round starts, that's sit down, don't leave, watch this for the next four hours type of stuff. It is. But it could be tough. It could be tough for that. But I look at golf and the. do you need Tiger? Do you know? Of course you need him. Of course you need him. But thinking he's going to win is just foolish. It is. It's fool's gold. And I, I, the the realistic thing that could really push golf forward, if you can get Kepka and DeChambeau on Sunday, yeah, that'd be fun. Two guys from the states aren't big fans of each other. Now the Ryder Cup, let's face it, that's the last competitive golf thing we saw really that we cared about, right? I, I mean the players, but the the Ryder Cup will grab your attention, and it did, and we look good. United States look good. So here's Kepka. Here's Disha. I, I think, I don't think I know. But if I had to rank, of course, Tiger being there on Sundays, what I'd like to see. Then what I would like to see, I'd like to see Rory win one finally. I would. That's what I personally what I'd like to see. And then the thing that golf, if they can't get Tiger, they need DeChambeau and Kepka to get up in there. And probably need DeChambeau to beat him. That would be the. Pff. He gets a major win there. To start the year because what you do is you set the golf tone. Remember, you're going to set the tone for the rest of the majors because you got this, you got the PGA a month from now, the U.S. Open for two months from now, and then you have the Open later on in the summer. Boom, boom, boom on top of each other. You get a, if you get a lame Sunday where somebody wins that you don't expect and he wins by three or four shots, and yeah, then you lose interest for a while. But a DeChambeau Kepka thing can push this into the summer. There you go. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Remember, follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports, Twitter at Harp on Sports, Instagram, podcast platform, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Also, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, and HarpOnSports.com. Have an article up at HarpOnSports.com. Who needs number two? Who's next for number two? Bill Self wins a second championship. We went through and looked at coaches in college basketball, coaches in college football, um, coaches in general, and athletes. Who really needs that second title? College football, we have Jimbo Fisher. College basketball, I have a couple. College basketball actually has the most. Professional athletes, it's a little bit more difficult. NBA, we only could think of one. The NFL, we have a couple. I think we had two or three in the NFL. But... Now that Bill Self has won his second title, who's next for number two? Who needs that second championship the most? So there you go. You can check that out at harponsports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.